1: And now, part 10 of Reality, Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics, entitled, It's Coming, a History Lesson. How's it going, my fellow Americans? Welcome back to the show. It is time for another bonus episode of the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. I am your host, Andrew for America, and for those of you that don't know, this bonus episode, this series that I do, Reality Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics, this is the 10th installment today entitled, It's Coming, A History Lesson, and what this show is 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 an artfully arranged assortment of clips that I put together uh, today somewhat chronologically, uh, but I put them together artfully in hopes of telling you a story about the current status quo, the current zeitgeist, the current spirit of the time's that we are living in here in the 21st century, and today we're going to start by talking about the meeting at Jekyll Island, 1910, and then we're going to move through the 20th century. We're going to talk about Kennedy. We're going to talk about Mossad. We're going to talk about the plan for the world. We're going to talk about the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and them purchasing Antarctica and creating fiat currency we're going to talk about ron paul jeffrey epstein the fbi we're going to talk about uh the truth wars guy going off about what's going on in the world david ike talking about the agenda uh global media propaganda campaigns uh a filmmaker talks about being approached when they're making the uh Alpha Reticuli or something like that movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Zeta Reticuli is the name of the movie, or at least it's the name of their Instagram page. Uh, We're going to talk about Robert Kiyosaki saying that uh, American crash, the dollar crash is coming. Russia and China joining forces, the BRICS nations against uh, America and NATO, Europe, basically. We're going to talk about Richard Verner on, uh, Richard Verner is going to be talking about uh, the Bank of England and the financial system. Kathy Hochul, governor of New York, talking about surveillance advances. The brave new Orwellian surveillance police state totalitarian dictatorship world order that is upon us that I keep telling you it's coming. We're going to talk about transhumanism. We're going to talk about who created the simulation I'm going to give you a little history lesson about the queen and the British royal family and their Hebrew connections all the way back to Canaan and the Phoenicians and Judea. We're going to talk about the Rothschilds, the Saxe-Coburn family, how they came to power, how they took over the United States, how they implemented communism around this world. People. People go grab a beverage and strap on your seatbelt and allow me to present to you reality lies damned lies and statistics part 10 entitled it's coming a history lesson here we go
2: this is jekyll island where in 1910 representatives from the rockefellers Rothschilds, Morgans, and other private bankers gathered secretly to draft the legislation that would create the Federal Reserve. I found it revealing that in the same year the Federal Reserve was founded, 1913, the Internal Revenue Service was also established. An income tax was then instigated so you and I would have to pay the politicians' debt plus interest to the bankers. The problem is we have a privately-owned central bank system uh, in the United States disguised as a government-owned system. Now, if you look in the the, um, uh, telephone book here in the Washington, D.C. area, um, you look up for Federal Reserve in the blue government pages, it's not there. It's in the white pages right next to Federal Express. It's a privately-owned central bank. Central banks are
3: banking cartels which have gone into partnership with the respective governments in the countries where they operate. And they've been given monopolistic power
4: over the creation of the nation's money supply.
5: Telling us the truth, the Rothschild family actually own Antarctica, and this was leaked by a Russian hacker. He leaked several documents from the Pentagon, and it says that no one is allowed to visit Antarctica except if the Rothschild family allowed it, after he leaked that he was never seen again.
3: You can't talk about the Kennedy assassination without talking about Israel, without talking about the Mossad. They're the main people involved, that's the main group involved. The Prime Minister of Israel at the time said that without nuclear weapons, Israel would not survive. Kennedy was asking and asking and asking for neutral scientists to observe the reactor. He continued to push for this with CIA director McCone and finally was granted access. Israel prior to the visit set up a fake control room with fake control panels and part of the agreement was that the inspectors were never going to be able to inspect the actual reactor. After that visit Kennedy was quoted in saying, those sons of bitches lie to me constantly about their nuclear capability. The Jewish community invites JFK to come to Dallas, which was sponsored by the Dallas Citizens Council, which was directed by Julius Sheps, who was a member of the local Benai Berith organization, the ADL Benai Berith, once again, a confirmed member of the local Benai Berith as well. Abraham Zapruder was also just so happened to be the guy that caught the assassination on film. Uh, Zapruder was also a manufacturer headquartered in the Dallas Textiles building. According to ballistic studies, it was from that building the first two shots were fired and missed. The building was owned by David Weisblatt, one of the biggest financiers of the Anti-Defamation League, and Douglas Jaff, one of the biggest donors to Lyndon B. Johnson. The host committee that invited Kennedy to the event in Dallas was chaired by a guy named Sam Bloom. According to Dallas Police, it was Bloom who pushed the hardest for the police to transfer Lee Harvey Oswald from the Dallas Police Station to the Dallas County Jail. Now, it was during that transfer that Jack Ruby shot Oswald. What was Jack Ruby's real last name? Jakob Rubinstein. Mossad, perhaps? The reactor went critical right after Kennedy died, and they got the bomb a year or two later. That's kind of a coincidence, isn't it? It's kind of a strange coincidence. Kennedy dies. Israel gets the bomb. <laughs> he gets the bomb.
1: And uh, coming up here is going to be a clip of Gaddafi from Libya talking about why JFK got killed. He says it's because of his opposition on monitoring the Dimona plant. And that's
6: why Kennedy because, and that's why he Kennedy because of and he's the plant.
1: All right. So what's the Dimona plant? Beginning around 1958, with French assistance, Israel constructed a natural uranium heavy water research reactor at Dimona in the Negev Desert, about 8.5 miles from the town of the same name and some 25 miles from the Jordanian border. The Dimona facility was constructed in secret and is not under international inspection safeguards how convenient (laughs) idea that the
4: whole muslim world is responsible for this and they're attacking us because we're free and prosperous that is just not true osama bin laden and al-qaeda have been explicit they have been explicit and they wrote and said that we attacked We attacked America because you had bases on our Holy Land in Saudi Arabia, you do not give Palestinians a fair treatment, and you have been bombing I didn't say that. I'm I'm trying to get you to understand what the motive was behind the bombing. At the same time, we had been bombing and killing hundreds of thousands of Iraqis for 10 years. Would you be annoyed? If you're not annoyed, then there's some problem. All right, we're going
5: to stay on this subject. We have a question from the audience. Go ahead.
6: Manipulating human perception to either agree that the direction that this agenda is taking the world is a good thing, or to censor and um, silence those who can see it and want to tell everyone else that the world is not what they think it is. And to understand the mind game, is to understand so much about human control and therefore so much about how we take that control back from the few in the shadows and start to dictate our lives ourselves instead of being the pawns in a game that most
7: people don't even know is being Elites do not want the public to know what they're doing. They don't actually even think they have a right to know what they're doing. Um, And and they know that the more information the public has, the more difficult it is for them to pursue policies that maybe are abusive of human rights or involve supporting a repressive regime. Um, And so there's a conscious strategy, actually. Uh, of having these public relations campaigns that the government regularly has whenever it resorts to a, an overseas military intervention to try and convince the public that they're acting in, uh, for the highest of noble intentions when in fact they're not, when, when they're usually acting out of hard-hearted, straightforward calculation of elite interests. So the public is a threat that needs to be countered. For too many journalists, the price of their independence is their life. It doesn't mean that we journalists have to risk our lives to tell the truth. But we do have to be brave enough to defy those who seek our collusion in selling their latest bloody adventure in someone else's country. That means always challenging the official story, however patriotic that story may appear, however seductive, And insidious it is for propaganda relies on us in the media to aim its deceptions not at a faraway enemy but at you at home it's very simple in this age of endless imperial war the lives of countless men women and children depend on the truth or their blood is on us never believe anything until it's officially denied, said the great reporter Claude Coben. In other words, those whose job it is to keep the record straight ought to be the voice of people, not power.
8: It was on September 21st, 1996, and we had a party. So we have all these people coming to my house to watch the show that has not yet aired. Uh, We were approached by a gentleman who got into my house, said he was from the Office of Naval Intelligence and they wanted to help us. And I said, well, I don't don't understand. How do you think you can help? And he said, well, you've actually got a lot of truth in your show, but you can have a lot more if you work with myself and and my partners. Um, We're prepared to come in and tell you some really interesting things. And so this guy said, well, I'm gonna let you get back to your party, I've already taken up too much of your time, um, but I wanna leave you with something. And he starts to scribble down. Like she's he's writing on the on a checkbook a piece of paper on a check on her checkbook, he write something down and he folds it up and he said, "Do me a favor, hold on to this, put it in a safety deposit box, and in about fifteen or twenty years, take it out, see if, if there's if, if this predicts any particular truth." And I was like, "Can I look at it now?" <laughs> right? And he said, "Sure." So I open it up and it's this weird formula. It, it's like a weird math equation, but with hieroglyphs and all sorts of stuff. And I said, "Well." what is this and he said sound light and frequency secrets of the universe nice talking with you and he walks over walks and he kind of goes into the bushes and he's gone my wife is like (laughs) I i know it sounds ridiculous but this is what happened
2: It's the black book
5: now. The FBI has it. The FBI did a sting. Alfredo Rodriguez, we talked about a little bit earlier, he wanted to sell the black book to one of the attorneys that was launching civil suits at Jeffrey Epstein that was representing some of the victims. And he called the attorney and the attorney called the FBI and the FBI did a sting. So the FBI has the black book. I was fortunate enough to get a copy of it. So So the
7: FBI has the black book. They've done nothing with it.
5: When Epstein got taken down, the FBI opened his safe. And he had hundreds of DVDs. So they have all the DVDs. They have all the DVDs. They have the black book. They literally have every they, they everything, have everything. They, and they nothing a, is happening. What's the, your opinion of the FBI nowadays? In this case, it's obviously unbelievably corrupt. The FBI knew about Jeffrey Epstein in 1996. We know that for a fact. If the FBI had acted on Maria Farmer's information, think of all those girls that could have been
1: saved. All those girls that could have been saved the clip cut off there let's move on
4: it's going to be the poorest country in the world starting now you're going to see the biggest crashes happening right now so that's good for me because the price of gold and silver go up what shocks most people is america never had
6: slums like that
4: today slums are everywhere across america So the big shift, it's Russia, China versus America, Europe. The Chinese are threatening to shift yuan to gold. And if they do that, U.S. dollar collapses. If that happens, America goes. So that's why I've been saying this is trash. It's commodities, silver and gold. So being a capitalist, I own gold mines and I own silver mines. So when the dollar crashes, I get richer. It's going to happen now. It's the biggest battle in history going on today.
9: And the
6: dollar is going to lose.
9: I just don't know anymore. Do I have to spell it out? We are under attack. It's not happening next week, next month, next fucking year. It's been happening for a long time now. And now they're really ramping their efforts up. And they're blatant with it. They tell us now, you'll have nothing and you will be happy. They are fucking us from every angle. Right up the jaxi, double time. They're squeezing us from every angle possible. They're fucking killing people with vaccines. Energy bills are through the roof while CEOs are enjoying record profits. India has banned exports on rice. Russian diesel exportation is banned in Europe. We've got you, Les, and that wanker Sadiq card charging £12 to turn left on your fucking driveways and sending drag queens into schools to teach our kids. Woo! Nobody's shopping local anymore, neither. BlackRock, Vanguard, buying up everything in sight. They're controlling the food we put in our body, the medication you take, the pills you love to pop, the so-called news that you're polluting your fucking mind with, the narrative that you love to take like a giant, veiny fucking dildo, the banks that you store your money in. We've got an American president. Wow, that cunt constantly falls asleep. And when he is awake, he's either sniffing children or walking into fucking walls. It's embarrassment. They want you bolted up in 15-minute cities, safe at home, plugged into the Metaverse, completely and utterly detached from reality.
3: There's some fucked up shit. Check this out. Alexa, when will World War 3 start?
0: World War 3 will commence on March 1st, 2024, when the Chinese invade the United States from within by activating countless sleeper cells. This will be followed by full military invasion on both coasts by Russia and China. The attack will be devastating and incorporate weapons never before seen by mankind. Humanity as we know it will be forever changed and never return to its former glory as the Republic of China will rule going forth.
10: Hey, wanna hear some fucked up shit? Alexa, who will win the next American election?
11: The 2024 American election will not take place. There will be no winner. War Powers Resolution of
0: 1973, or the War Powers Act, will be invoked by the act of war with Russia and China. Once an invoked the standing party will retain and remain in power.
12: Hmm. Tonight, how convenient. The White House released an executive order that will ensure the end of gas stoves and gas heating in homes and buildings across America. Oh, wait a second. I know what you're saying. You're saying, how does Biden have the power to do that? To force the production of electric heat pumps and electric stoves? Well, the same way that Washington had the power to force you to wear masks on planes by declaring a public emergency. This time, it's a climate emergency, which allows the president to invoke something called the War Powers Act. Yeah, we're at war and you didn't even know it
13: this is such a, a significant step forward, um, the use of a very muscular uh, set of tools in the Defense Production Act, uh, a wartime authority that allows us to accelerate uh, in an aggressive and quick fashion.
14: Transitioning to American-made heat pumps makes us uh, more secure.
15: Who is the creator of the simulation? Uh, some people
16: say it's aliens. Uh, There was a professor at Oxford who wrote a paper about this back in 2003 named Nick Bostrom, and he he thinks it's future versions of ourselves. So he thinks we're in what we'd call an ancestor simulation. Like if we created a game of ancient Rome, they would be like our ancestors in a way. There are others who say it's God or pure consciousness outside of the matrix. So all the religions, not just any specific religion, but pretty much all of them have been telling us that the physical world is not the real world, that there's another world out there beyond this. Uh, And so that's yet another theory of what's outside.
15: Do you believe this is probable, possible?
16: I believe it's probable, like more than a 50% chance uh, that we are inside some type of Those are pretty high odds. Well, yeah. And, you know, as I studied the different religions, I realized that they were telling us the same thing that modern computer science. Uh, and that modern physics is starting to tell us uh, about the nature
1: of reality. The nature of reality, he said
12: you aware of the new legislation that mandates kill switches in all cars starting in 2026 yeah it was snuck inside a recently passed 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure bill and is a proposal to have a lockout device to be installed in all new cars this is no joke and has already passed congress and the house so that means it's in play it's law until something changes that a quote from law enforcement today commented that the infrastructure bill includes drunk driving kill switch in all cars and some worry that government will abuse it drunk driving appears to be a cover for what can occur the possibility for abuse is clearly something which bears watching. This could also give access to outsiders with spyware and hackers. Once you open up access to the electronics, it can be misused by the government, preventing you from driving during lockdowns and national health emergencies, and opens up access to criminals with bad intentions, as computer hackers could seize control of these vehicles. And this is a huge safety concern. And finally, elected officials are realizing this is more serious issue than they thought when they passed the bill. Now take a closer look at this infrastructure bill they Jam through section 24 to 20. this mandates installation of equipment to listen to in-car noises and conversation yes monitor your eyes and kill switches to automatically turn off your car it states all new cars in the united states will be required to install this kill switch by 2026
1: 2026 huh oh my gosh my fellow americans i've said it before and i'll say it again It seems like it's coming. Let's take a break. And when I get back, more reality, lies, damned lies, and statistics. I'll be right back.
14: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
1: All right, people, welcome back to the show. Uh, Let's get back into the supercut. This one I'm going to kick off with a guy named, uh, I think he's Representative Larry McDonald. Got interviewed, and he was blowing the whistle on the big club groups, and he was assassinated, allegedly, after giving this interview. So let's kick off uh, the remainder of the supercut from this spot. Here we go.
15: The John Birch Society considers communism only one arm of a national of a master conspiracy in which socialist American insiders are plotting to establish world government. Well, Tom, I'm sure being a longstanding member of the Rockefeller apparatus uh, and as a member of the Council on Foreign Relations of Longstanding, you're we'll fully aware that you, there is an elitist core in this country that has seen value in subsidizing communism or protecting communism. It has? Sure. You're accusing me of subsidizing communism? No, no, I'm saying Because I happen to belong no, to a foreign policy study group? No, wait a minute. There is an elite core in this country that has dominated American society. Well, I'm not one of them. So the trilateral British. commission, The trilateral C- commission, council on foreign the council relations. State Department, Well, let's face it. They have dominated the State Department for 40 years and uh, pretty much openly. Right, But what are they trying to do? Well, their objective is to try to bring about a gradual transition.
1: All right. So what there he meant to say where it cut off was their objective is a gradual transition, gradual transition towards a one world government. Okay, And apparently they offed this guy. For calling out a member of the Rockefeller Club live on national television. (laughs) So you be the judge. Coincidence or conspiracy, people? Let's move on.
12: That if we are to be successful, uh, CBDCs could not be fragmented national propositions. To have transactions more efficient and fairer, we need systems that connect countries. In other words, we need interoperability. Uh, and for this reason, at the IMF, we are working uh, hard on the concept of a global CBDC platform to trade and to manage risks. And my colleague uh, uh, Tobias Adrian will talk more about it.
13: Maybe uh, people.
3: Um of means who are going to travel and then there's going to be people maybe who are lesser means who might actually be able to use an, an Oculus or uh, a Magic Leap or some other kind of device uh, to travel to the same place but from their own their own couch but in many ways it's actually going to create even more distance between those, the, 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 those two people that, that psychologically and I think that we've experienced this through social media in many ways it's brought people closer in certain ways but actually created this remarkable divide because there's it's even more visible actually the divide.
0: transhumanism stands on the premise that there is no god that there is no spiritual realm and that we possess no soul it is the most um materialistic and darwinian understanding of who we are we have been prepped and groomed to accept the notion that without technological enhancements we will not survive the future but instead become obsolete. Yuval Noah Harari is doing a marvelous job at convincing everyone that we will become what he calls the useless class in the face of a world driven by AI. That we are simple, hackable animals restricted by our own biology. There is a reason why it's called artificial intelligence. And that's because it is artificial. It's not real intelligence. Real intelligence necessitates of consciousness, something that machines will never possess. I think most people just want to be able to live a peaceful life in a healthy environment where they can pursue their dreams. Technology must be at our service, not to replace us or destroy us. The things we value most are those things that cannot be replicated by by machines. Empathy, compassion, courage, intuition, imagination, passion, love, all of the things that make us unique. We are the most sophisticated beings on this planet and possibly the universe for all we know. Our body is the universe in itself, one that we still have not yet fully discovered and our brains are the most complex cognitive piece of biological machinery in the world. The end game is to make you a totally controllable piece of machinery, another thing in the Internet of Things. As Klaus Schraab has said on numerous occasions, the Fourth Industrial Revolution will not change the world, it will change you. We now have a chance to change our ways, to understand our foolishness, to see where we went wrong, a chance to walk in the right direction, with appreciation, with humility, with courage, with truth, with faith, and with love. The final goal is to eradicate humanity as we know it. Once you understand the final destination, it becomes much easier to look back and identify the psychological conditioning, the biological tampering, the cultural grooming and the educational prepping that we have been subjected to for decades in preparation to making us accept a post-human future. It takes a lot of physical and psychological abuse to get an intelligent species like ours to agree to its own extinction. Most, if not all, that has transcended in the last 60 years was designed to get us closer to accepting such a dystopian reality. Whether you care to accept it or not, we live in a hyper-controlled matrix, where our perception of reality is meticulously planned, managed, and executed in order to control and steer us in whichever direction they wish. And the direction is a post-human world. For this, they first needed to destabilize, dehumanize, and demoralize humanity through every means possible. The destruction of the nuclear family children being indoctrinated by the state, abortion, the eradication of God and spirituality from education, life in mega cities and away from nature, toxic food, air and water, social media replacing real human connection and interaction, engineered financial crisis and taxation, endless wars and massive migration, stress, anxiety, depression, drugs and alcohol, constant fear-mongering moral relativism as the new religion and i could go on and on about how humanity has been influenced and forced to move away from all the things that give us strength security purpose and meaning a weak immoral disconnected ignorant and unhealthy population is an easy target for the next stage The creation of an entire generation of androgynous beings. Masculinity is under attack psychologically, culturally and biologically. Women are being replaced in sports, entertainment and politics by men pretending to be women. And children are being indoctrinated at school to think that gender is a choice. The transgender movement is not a grassroots movement. It comes from the top. It has nothing to do with people's freedom of expression, sexuality, or civil rights. It's an evil psyop to, with a clear agenda to get us closer to transhumanism by making us question the most fundamental notion of human identity, Our agenda. If you don't know who you are, if you already identify as a hybrid between a man and a woman, you will be easily convinced to become a hybrid between human and machine. Gender ideology is the two plus two equals five from George Orwell's 1984 dystopian novel. It's the final test to see whether we will follow the most absurd party line towards our own extinction. But two plus two, equals four. And no matter how you choose to dress, call yourself, or change your physique will not change that. The sad reality though is that in the gaslighting process to get us closer to a post-human future, they have mentally and physically harmed an increasing number of children and young people. And it's only getting worse. This must be stopped.
14: Also we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts. What's being said on social media platforms? And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on on online platforms. Our media analysis, our social media analysis unit, has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe. Because personal security is about everything for them. As I said, no one walking down the street or in a subway should feel they have to to hide any indications of what their religious beliefs are. We expect to see people celebrating their lives walking about freely. And that is no longer the case because people are living in fear. They have a right to do whatever they want here in the state of New York.
6: Has the UK got a finance cast?
10: Is it a trick question? Because the UK doesn't have finance. The city of London has and is not part of the UK. Good
7: answer. (laughs) Good answer. It's
10: international, he's right. The city of London is outside the United Kingdom. Do you know that? It's it's really shocking, and it, it, therefore it's also not part of the EU, which explains uh, the. Although it couldn't be part of the EU because you have to have democratic elections, and the city of London doesn't, right? It's it's the banks that have
7: the votes, right? Right her staff, you know, oh, the... Venue, how, you, how do you start yeah. unpicking this puzzle? That's a very useful piece of information. It's not <laughs> the part of the pretty dangerous piece and of information.
10: It, <laughs> and it's not part of the UK because the Queen is not allowed to enter without permission. She's not the sovereign. Therefore, it's not part of the UK. You know, and Of course, that's since, you know, 1688. i have to, I have to make a that. Since movie. the foreign invasion.
11: Today, Queen Elizabeth II is the head of state of the great nation of the Hebrew Covenant, called Great Britain. Her genealogy chart, according to the College of Heralds in London, traces her blue bloodline back to Abraham, whom many modern scholars believe to be the Egyptian pharaoh of Menehep I. By connecting 22 dots, the true Hebrew and royal Egyptian identity of Queen Elizabeth II comes into focus. Number one, what is the Stone of Jacob, a Hebrew patriarch, doing beneath the Queen's throne chair? number two why was the Queen crowned at her coronation ceremony on top of a symbolic Egyptian step pyramid number three the monarch's crown has 12 stones at the base each representing the 12 Hebrew tribes the 12 stones of the 12 tribes were also worn on the breastplate of Hebrew high priests in Canaan number four The Union Jack represents the reunion of the United Kingdom of the Twelve Tribes of Jacob, or Jack-ub. The Union Jack is red, white, and blue, the same colors as the three crowns of Egypt. Number 5. The royal scepter originates in ancient Egypt and was carried by the Egyptian god Amun and by Egyptian pharaohs, who called themselves the Son of God. The royal scepter is now carried by pharaonic descendant Queen Elizabeth II. Her scepter contains the world's largest cut diamond, called the Star of Africa. Number six, the queen's punishing flail or whip is partially hidden under her arm. The flail or whip also originates with the pharaohs of ancient Egypt. Number seven, the symbol of the bee can be found within the queen's royal wardrobe. In ancient Egypt, bees were the symbol of Egyptian royalty as well as the symbol of Egypt. Number 8. The symbols on the British coat of arms reveal Britain's Hebrew origin. According to the Bible, the harp symbolizes the Hebrew King David. The biblical lion and unicorn holding up the shield symbolize the nation of Israel. The motto, Dieu et mon droit, means God and my right indicating the divine right of the British monarch to an eternal throne. Number nine. The headdress worn by judges and the Queen's high-ranking officials originate in ancient Egypt. Number ten. Kilts like the one worn by Prince Charles originate with the Egyptian pharaohs who wore white kilts. Number eleven. The hymn, Zadok the Priest, written by Handel, was performed at the Queen's coronation in 1952. Zadok the Priest was the Biblical priest who anointed the Hebrew King Solomon while the people cried, God save King Solomon! Long live King Solomon! May the King live forever!
17: God
3: save Queen Elizabeth! Long live Queen Elizabeth!
6: May the Queen live forever!
11: Forever! Number 12. During the coronation ceremony, the queen turns to face the four corners of the globe. The orb carried by the queen represents the globe over which the monarch rules. Number 13, the monarch's coronation gifts of a rod, bracelets, and a ring are a reenactment of the Bible story of the Hebrews, Judah, and Tamar. Number 14, royal jubilees originate in ancient Egypt. Egyptian pharaohs celebrated their jubilees after 30 years of rule. In pharaonic tradition, the queen has celebrated both silver and golden jubilees. Number 15, incest was practiced by ancient Egyptian royalty. Mothers married sons and brothers married sisters to keep the power and the money all in the family. Like their pharaonic ancestors, the British monarchy have a long history of incestuous inbreeding. Number 16, the corpses of deceased pharaohs were preserved and entombed beneath their pyramid temples. The corpses of 19 deceased British monarchs Are also preserved in marble tomb slabs beneath the modern-day temple called Westminster Abbey number 17 the ancient Pharaohs advertised their power with their image on coins and stone monuments the power of the Queen worldwide is advertised with her image printed on more coins and stamps than any other head of state in history Number 18. The structure of government in ancient Egypt was a step pyramid model with the grand vizier and priesthood one step below the pharaoh. Today's monarchy reigns using a much more sophisticated pyramid model of authority.
1: Monarch, Crown Council of 13, Committee of 300, think tanks. World financial controllers, world research control, world population control, and then the general population. Number
11: 19. The Pope's headdress is strikingly similar to the headdress of the Egyptian god Amun. His bent cross resembles the scepter of Amun. Number 20. Like the Egyptian pharaohs, British monarchs wear signet rings, which over the millennia have been passed down from their Hebrew ancestors. Number 21, the British Mint recently printed legal tender coins called the One True Ring and the Ring of Power. On one side of the coin is Queen Elizabeth II. On the flip side is the ring from Lord of the Rings. These legal tender coins printed by the British Mint raise the disturbing question, who is the real Lord of the Rings?
16: One Ring.
11: The inscription on the ring reads one ring to rule them all one ring to find them one ring to bring them all and in the darkness of their ignorance find them number 22 the covenant that the biblical God gave to Abraham was a promise to make his name great and to make for him a great nation today Great Britain is the only nation called great In Hebrew, the word Britain literally means land of the covenant and British means man of the covenant. How on earth did the Hebrew throne of ancient Egypt and Canaan end up in Great Britain under Queen Elizabeth II? Historically, a series of powerful invaders, the Philistines, Assyrians, Babylonians, and Persians conquered the land of Canaan which the Hebrews called Israel. The Hebrew tribes of Manasseh and Dan joined forces and became the Macedonians or Macedanians. They fled to Greece with their gold and their riches. They wore white kilts like the Egyptian pharaohs, played goatskin bagpipes, adopted the Greek culture and settled along the river Danube which they named after the tribe of Dan. By 322 BC, their leader Alexander the Great reconquered Egypt and appointed his general Ptolemy I as the new Hebrew pharaoh of Egypt.
1: During the first part of the 20th century, a series of victories over the sovereignty of the United States had already been won. The Rothschild-Warburg-Rockefeller banking cartel had accomplished important stepping stones for their new world order. Federal Reserve System 1913 League of Nations 1920 Royal Institute of International Affairs and Council on Foreign Relations 1920 to 21 the stock market crash happened 1929 then in 1933 Adolf Hitler was selected as Chancellor of a poverty-stricken Germany after stripping financial power from the Jewish bankers in only three years Germany became the economic powerhouse of Europe when the rest of the world was in recession. Now wanting other countries to try and emulate Germany's economic success, powerful and influential Jews from around the world were already planning the removal of Hitler, allegedly. judea declares war on germany with germany's defeat the last military opposition had fallen and western europe was placed back into the banker's iron grip where it has remained ever since u.s general george Patton tried to warn of the tree of the threat of communism before his untimely death in germany in 1945 but the infiltration of the u.s had already taken place Roosevelt orders four-day bank holiday puts embargo on November gold. 16,
17: 1933, the day we recognized the Soviet Union. Its purpose, its open-stated goal, its strategy, was to overthrow the rest of the world and impose the teachings of Marx, and then Leninism, and then we get to Stalin. Now, four American presidents, beginning in 1917, refused to recognize this revolutionary government, knowing full well that you could not have quote normal or even normal without quotes relations with a government calculating towards your own destruction this was obviously you could not have agreements they would be broken you could not have any kind of deals or alliances and so this this government was shunned by the united states until 1933 and that was the year in november when franklin roosevelt then in his very first term recognized the Soviet Union in order to perpetuate this alliance to continue relations with the Soviet Union which became uh, really an obsession of American governments from that day forward the American government had to learn to lie to the people and tell us lies about communism tell us lies about Stalin tell us lies about the Soviet Union and I think in some way these ills that we 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 see in our, our culture today I think have their roots in this relationship Um, that that Roosevelt himself believed in, convergence. And I suppose the, the money people you're talking about came out of that same mindset and were promoting that same mindset and were indeed the influence on Roosevelt in making this decision.
1: Bolshevism.
17: Given the record of the Bolshevik government coming in, in terms of body count, in pre-revolutionary times, the Tsarist government executed about 17 political prisoners a year. Compare this to the Spanish Inquisition, which at its height destroyed 10 people a month. But in that early those early revolutionary years, the Soviet, the new Bolshevik secret police executed without trial more than 1,000 people per month. Later in the 1930s, Stalin was killing tens of thousands of people per month. And yet the United States rushed into the alliance, rushed to recognize the Soviet government under Roosevelt during World War II, rushed into this alliance. And so you go again to these advisors, many of whom we later learned, confirmed, after archives opened on the dissolution of the Soviet Union in 1991, we later learned many of these... Senior officials in the United States government were working for Stalin.
1: KGB. I don't
17: feel the same way about that war anymore, and I'm convinced that if my father was still living, um, that he would also greatly question what he had actually participated in. Because when you look at that post-war map, what happened? There is a devastated Germany, and in that vacuum, there is a new, thriving, powerful U.S. Supplied Soviet Empire in its place. I think most Americans would tell you they're still living in a capitalist free country with all manner of liberty. The brainwashing, the conditioning that has been so successful and has demoralized us um, is definitely bringing us to this point of a certain kind of tyranny. It does not have at this point, does not have the gulag, it's not have people knocking at the door with guns yet. It does, however, make examples of truth-tellers, it makes examples of people who who cross the line, and this served to tyrannize us, and we are experiencing this, and yet you ask most people, they'll say, we won the Cold War. Well, I say, look, 100 million dead after the communist century, and Republicans, who have a majority in Congress, cannot muster the votes to repeal and defund socialized medicine. Who won the Cold War?
1: yeah my fellow americans who won the cold war very interesting curious question you guys remember mikhail gorbachev from russia remember when reagan went over there mr gorbachev tear down this wall right who won the cold war what was the true purpose of the creation of the Soviet Union the Bolsheviks yada yada Marxism Leninism Stalinism right here's a quote from Mr. Mikhail Gorbachev 1996 former president of the Soviet Union this is from a special report the Wildlands Project unleashes its war on mankind from 1996 Gorbachev and I quote the threat of environmental crisis will be the international disaster key to unlock the new world order on quote My fellow Americans, (laughs) you be the judge.
10: Many people online are noticing that Gavin Newsom cleaned up San Francisco because foreign leaders like China's President Xi are visiting San Francisco. He addressed those rumors by saying that's true because it's true. I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, That's
1: true because it's true. But it's also true... For months and months and months prior to APEC, we've been having different conversations.
10: This plays into my thought that they could clean up the cities anytime that they want to, they just don't care about you. When the Olympics come around or a foreign leader visits the city, all of a sudden the streets look spotless. Isn't that interesting? When are American taxpayers gonna wake up? Here's Newsom in 2008 as San Francisco's mayor saying he had a 10 year plan to fix homeless.
4: We believe fundamentally that food solves hunger, that shelters solve sleep, and that housing solves homelessness. And if we're gonna solve the problem
1: uh, of those that are out on the streets that we define as homeless, we better solve the housing problem if we're going to have an impact and that's why we established this framework what we call a 10-year plan to end chronic homelessness in san francisco
10: i believe they could fix the problem of homeless trash streets and rising crime if they really actually wanted to maybe if china's president stays for a few years they'll keep the city clean for a few years what do you think
5: a man with any level of testosterone and you've been witnessing what's been happening in the world in the last two years i struggle to sleep at night like literally what's happening is fucking crazy they're lying to you about the inflation rate you're, you're not getting a pay right like where's your panic people are not panicking they lack perspicacity they're not paying attention to anything they're just sitting there waiting for the fucking steamroller you think in 10 years from now things are gonna be better are you out your fucking mind someone very smart to me told me andrew they're gonna kill you and i said i know And he said because you can't be bigger than certain systems you can't be bigger than a judicial system no one's allowed you're not allowed to be bigger than an educational system if you start teaching people that there's a better way than the educational system they will get rid of you because it is a racket and it makes a whole bunch of money and they don't want you telling the truth about it you have to shut up and i said hmm, interesting then i decided i'm unafraid unfazed kill me i never kill myself come kill me So I'm gonna sit here and tell what I believe to be true because that makes me feel good inside of my heart and I trust in God. And if I die, I die. So they lie to you in school. School is not designed to help you escape the matrix. If that was the case, the matrix would break down. School is designed to prepare your mind for slavery within the matrix. Most of you intrinsically understand this. Very simple thought experiment. It's three in the morning, you're in a gas station, you're in your car, you're in your Toyota, because you're all brokey. You're sitting there filling up with gas. You see a Lamborghini and a guy gets out at 3 in the morning on a Tuesday. And you look at him in his Lambo. And you look at all of his money. Do you think, wow, he must have got a really good degree? Or do you think, drug dealer, criminal, gangster? You intrinsically look to crime. Not because you think he's a criminal, but because you understand that if you, if you stay within the rules of the Matrix, if you stay within the parameters of society, you cannot achieve extraordinary things. You know intrinsically he's broken some rule to get where he is.
13: Because If you don't conform, you will be ostracized. And once you cross that line, there's no going back. Long story short, it might look like a far-fetched example. But know that today, if you live in a country like USA, Canada, Australia, Germany, UK, or any other American or European country, in fact, we really are all one conditioning stage away from a country like China. We are already in stage three and making a leap towards stage four conditioning. And there is only one thing that can stop that from happening, the truth. Education was originally based on finding the truth. Aristotle, Plato, Marcus Aurelius, they all lived in a system where the search for truth and thus freedom was the number one goal. The problem is somewhere along the journey, there was a shift in powers and the ones who got to power, they stopped caring about the interest of their people and they started to put their self-interest first. They didn't care if that meant destroying the very principles that produce citizens that push society forward because that's not what their goal was. Their goal was simple, to grow and perpetuate their power and control. And they figured something critical. Having their population know the truth was the greatest risk to their power. Because if the population was able to think for themselves and figure out what the truth is, well then they wouldn't be able to lie and manipulate people. And that is how they plan to impose stage 4 conditioning upon us. Where you won't even be able to control your own truth anymore. Because you won't have choices.
1: Because you won't have Choices. Remember last episode, people? I said go back and listen to my episode entitled Choices. Right? Seek the truth and the truth shall set you free. Remember when I said that last episode? I'm sure a lot of my down since day one listeners... Uh, have identified and are aware of how I artfully craft some of my content to involve little nuggets, little repetitive talking points that I condition you with if you listen to all of my shows. If you go start with episode one and you come all the way up to 166, and then here comes another bonus episode, Reality Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics Part 10. You will see how I carefully insert little things I've said to you in the past right now here in the present episode. And you remember that stuff for you, for me, for all of us, Right? It's a brave new Orwellian surveillance, police state, totalitarian, dictatorship, world order that is upon us. And how many times have you heard me say this, people? It's coming. And I hope this supercut today, part 10, has effectively illustrated that reality to you hopefully I am illustrating for you what I have arrived at truth thank you guys so much for listening I love you guys so much, take care of each other out there it ain't <laughs> It ain't getting any easier for anyone you gotta go to war with yourself you have to sponge up truth, go seek out knowledge, wisdom, information. Try to understand why things are the way that they are. Try to understand. And the only way you can understand and accept truth is to stop being so sensitive, so emotional, so non- rational. Because The quest for truth is what education really is rooted in. Like this man just got done saying, Marcus Aurelius, Aristotle, all the philosophers throughout history. It's only in the modern era, the very recent history of the world and of the United States specifically, that this push towards feminism, emotionalism, anti-masculine energy anti-man tear down the strongest amongst a population and make them weak and sensitive and emotional to the level where they're not even aware of how to relate to other men anymore men we're in trouble and before I go I want to play what is kind of a long clip but it says so much This is from the Fresh and Fit podcast. Uh, And this is Rolo, one of their guys, their main guys, that's their guest. And he is very educated with facts, statistics, and truth. And this might be a tough one to listen to, people. But I swear to you, it's for your own good. If you really want to understand... What's going on in this country right now? And if you want to understand what the most powerful people are doing and planning right now because they know what the future is going to hold, because they put, <laughs> they've built the environment for these things to eventually occur, occult magic people, I've been over it.
2: Take a listen to this. For women, I see a lot of loneliness on the uh, on the horizon. And I, I don't say that to be like an asshole. I, I say that as sort of a warning. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot, like whenever a guy says, oh, you're going to be lonely and a cat lady and you're going to have box wine and, and whatever, like, and you're going to be a spinster is basically what, what they're saying. And it sounds like revenge. It sounds like guys are either too happy or they're too pissed off or too, too sad about like the state of women. I, I just go down to nuts and bolts and I, uh, outline this actually in book 4 as well. Um there is a study by Morgan Stanley um financial. They did a uh, you can go find it too. It's uh, it's online. It's called The Rise of the She Economy. And in that she um, in that sort of research um they postulate that by 2030 uh women between the ages of 25 and 44 uh, something like 52%. I hope I'm getting my numbers right. Something like 45 to 52%. It's over half. Yeah. Over it is going to be over half yep. of women of marriageable age will be single for the rest of their lives. Think feminism. They will not reproduce unless they get like, unless, you know, unless they get artificial insemination, but they will not, they will be unmarried and childless during those ages. All part of by the plan. 30, which is like a very, very steep incline. In fact, They are so certain of this that they did this research on Morgan Stanley so their investors would know what to invest in in the coming decade. Wow. So they're... Invest in box wine, right? And in, yep. Invest in cat toys. Invest in, um, yeah, in... It's not a joke, guys, when we say in, this. In, in ovum freedom. It's not a joke, in, people. Uh, reproductive technology. pet dogs. Uh, yeah, cats, dogs, whatever. <laughs> you know What, what is going to be hot in the future? And this is what you can expect. And so this is what you should put your money into. So for, if we're already making predictions of where we should put our money, I think we need to look at why this is the way it is. Now, if you go and you follow the logic of of bloomberg or or um you know morgan stanley forbes whatever they will say this is a great success this is a, a glowing great progress of humanity well finally women are independent <laughs> you never you hear women say I, like we heard last night from uh, the 20 year old girl yeah. i want to give up my independence right okay <laughs> i and i wanted to say this but i didn't yeah. um independent of what independent like you're if so if you're independent of something what were you dependent on that you're now independent of right and whenever we hear this remember i was telling you about how um we've been hearing the same jingo the same lingo from feminists for a long time that's one of them i want to be a strong independent woman Okay. okay independent of what independent of men that's what it is we've already they've already achieved that They've, there's more women in college right now. They're making more money now. Uh, they women control way more money than men do. Yeah. So when you're talking about like the 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 bullshit of the uh, the pay, uh, pay, gender pay wage gap whatever yep. it is, it's not endemic sexism. If there's any gap, there's a gap in spending. There's a gap in control and authority mm-hmm. over that spending. Women are the number one consumers in Western societies as it is. But they also control. And a, again, another stat in the book is over the course of a family's history, women will control 90 percent of that family's wealth. Yep. That's car expenditures. That's college. That's we're going to go on vacation. We're going to buy this TV set, this kind of stuff. Women, if they're not making the money, they're directing the the flow of where those that currency is going to. So don't give me this bullshit about, well, we need to make as much money as a man, and it's because of this endemic sexism in the patriarchy. Fuck you. Fuck you <laughs> because you're the one spending the money, and I got the stats to show you that right Bam. now. Bam, stats. Damn, son. Where'd
16: <laughs> you find this? And I'll say
18: this real mm-hmm. quick, Rolo. Women spend so much money that a male company like Gillette will risk losing business <laughs> Listen to, women. Up. to yes. crap on men. So that they can appease to women because they understand even with male razors, women are the predominant consumers. So that goes right. to show you guys how strong women, like how strongly women are the consumer base in the West. Ladies, even they're coming male after companies yeah. Are ostracizing so their own target audience. Feminism will to destroy to you, also, ladies. Also, i that as oh, well. So a lot of people don't know this right, but behind a lot of tech companies are female Employees. Yep. And they control the flow. Attabue and Fresh used to work too. for a tech company, guys. Yeah. This comes from experience. They control the flow of how things are put out. Now, like you guys said, women control the customer base for most most uh, things. So get this, right? A lot of our content is not geared towards women. So what did they do? Suppress it, and oftentimes delete it because mm-hmm. it's not going to be uh, suitable for their uh, consumers, mm-hmm. which is women yep. So yeah,
2: that's that's very true. So, Big facts. Sorry. So roll I'll ahead. I'll here's here's another. Uh, prediction prognostication for the future mm-hmm. uh we live in the most emotionalized uh society the world has ever known right Facts. now Facts. everything is feels before reals we say this all the time Listen up. and we yeah. joke about it but it's really true we live in an age, and i make the case for it in book four uh our religion is emotionalism right now it's mm-hmm. how did it make you feel yep uh, what Our are you, TikTok what getting are, banned is an what example are of you that.
18: Feeling, yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. You know, because punish women made... for bad behavior. So,
2: oh, feelings. So when I when I get criticized by women, it's usually for my tone. Yeah. Right. Well, if you would just say it with sweet little sappy sugarcoat what you're saying, then women will re- women will respond to it. No, it's not wh- how I'm saying something. It's the data that I'm imparting to you. Yep. You don't want to know. That is offending you because it goes against the the what is you know an ego invested belief for that woman it feels bad and i ego get it. it's supposed to feel bad belief because if it's not feeling bad then you're not going to it's not going to motivate you to change yes so change. in the future I, and i don't know when we're going to reach critical mass but right now we're in the age of emotionalism we're in the age of ego and the age of emotionalism and so we base our policies whether it's political whether it's economic whether it's whatever it is based on Our emotional response to things we have we have at least the last generations of men who have been conditioned and you want blue pill conditioning uh, have been trained to emote like women to to see emotional, like they've been trained and taught. This is what my entire last women, episode was about. People. Process emotion is the correct way to process emotion. Nice. So when we say, Oh, that man is he's, he's toxically masculine. He's not in touch with his feelings, right? He's a, uh, he needs to express himself emotionally. He needs to get in touch with his feminine side, all that stuff we've been talking about since the seventies. The reason why that's still a thing right now is because it's a great means of control over those guys, so that they will, Control. they will identify and align with the feminine, which is all based on emotion. So when we talk about like the emotional children that are out rioting in the streets right now, and they're tearing down statues and they're, don't they know that that statue is this, they're not thinking rationally, they're not, they're thinking are reason they're thinking, thinking emotionally, because rationally. those last three, four generations have been taught to emote like women.
1: In the indoctrination like centers, woman people correct
2: in your schools. transgenderism, right? Why is it that more boys want to be girls than girls want to be boys? Mm. Because it's more advantageous socially to be a girl in a gynocentric social order than it is to be a more man because nobody wants to be a nobody wants to be to a dad. Be dads are assholes. Woman. Boys are toxically masculine. We gotta give him Ritalin. We gotta give him Adderall. We gotta give him sedate that boy with. With drugs, I be with, with opiates, with alcohol, with pornography, sedatum, him, sedatum, him, sedatum, him, sedatum. Don't let him do anything because if you let him do anything, he might turn Pharmacological methods. He might turn methods. and it's all—it's all because we want to put men into. We want to force fit them into this uh, emotional correctness. Whatever is female control. is correct. Yep. And so, if you are brought up that way. You're going to vote that way. You're going to look for jobs that way. You're yeah. going to, you're going to relate with people that way. For guys, sure. one the number one thing, guys, and I'm sure you've already got this. Um, guys will come to me for counseling or coaching or whatever the hell it is. Right. And they'll say, Rolo, I don't know how to interrelate with guys. I don't know. Mm. I don't know how to talk to guys. I don't I, I there's guys I want to hang out. I, I always talk about tribalism or I yep, talk about yep. like, it's very know, important for yeah, me. There's, we have our little tribe. This is a tribe right, right here. here. Yep. Okay. Um, how, do you have tribes? And they don't. And the reason they don't is because they've been Social taught media. to emote and to relate to men as if they are women.
7: Yeah, And that's,
2: and that's what's valuable. And that's what makes them valuable. and That's how they get their self-worth. So it's no shock to me when guys are in the black pill community or a blue pill or purple pill or whatever it is, they don't, they don't want to make women the measurement of their lives, but they still emote and they still relate with people as if they have a feminine sort of training. So when we look at things like communitarianism, we look at socialism, we look at like, why is why, why are we even talking about socialism in the, the United States right now? It's because we've put so many women into positions of power that that seems like a good idea. Yeah. It makes them feel mm-hmm. good. Hey, you get one and you get one and you get one and you get one and you and so meritocracy- Regardless of how
18: poorly you are working. Dom-
2: dominance hierarchies, uh, competence hierarchies, meritocracy, all of that stuff flies out the window because we don't see the value in it because it's not female correct. Yep. The female correct, if, whenever women come into political power, whenever you get an AOC, whenever whenever you get a woman who, who gets into Congress or the yeah. Senate, the first thing they do, if their first priority, their number one priority is not to their constituency, it is, to the, it is to the female purpose it is to the sisterhood uber alice so so you got everyone you get you get women who go in there and the first thing they talk about is we need to legalize abortion we need to change up divorce laws we need to change these things we need all of these things that we think are so horribly unfair and it all becomes about women's issues and not all of our issues yeah like how are we going to govern it doesn't matter as long as women get theirs as long as the sisterhood is served I can go on for I don't want to go on forever about that, but I talk uh, in a great extent about the sisterhood Uber Alice in this book. That's where I see us going. That's where you see us going. We're going to be our our politics are emotionalized, our 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 media, our entertainment is all emotional. Yes, Terminator with a female actress, James Bond. Everything is feminized and everything is emotionalized primarily right now, and we think that that's going to sell more movies and more more. It's backfiring. I'll, I'll leave you with this. remember when uh, the Star Wars movies the, the you, I know you I know John's a Star Wars fan yeah and the last three Star Wars movies were ju- they just sucked okay yeah. and, and the reason for that is because they don't know how to write the hero's journey that it was, it's a male specific like thing right yeah. men must become yes we have the burden of performance and we go through these trials and tribulations to become something right yeah. whereas when you get like Ray, she already is. She's a Mary Sue, right? She's already, oh, I know how to look. use a lightsaber just yep. magically, right? Yep. I didn't have to do that. Well, the reason why we think that that's a good idea is because the writers who put that together were, are from that generation of emotionalism. And so we have a Mary Sue written as if it's a, a this is a male character. We're just going to give her tits and a vagina and then that's- Give her the power from the go. beginning. Yep. And so we, well, because we think, or because this emotional society thinks that that's what the fan base wants to see they want to see this powerful we need more powerful women and strong women and independent women leads in our movies and you know what's kicking their ass mandalorian with a little baby that's what women want is baby they want grogu they want baby yoda they don't want ass kicking mama ray they want baby yoda is what they want maternity because that's an innate drive in women an innate driving woman is not. Oh, I'm going to learn a lightsaber and learn how to kick ass and take names. That's a man's job. Yep. And on our, on our root lizard brain, on our pineal gland brain, we we understand that. We recognize that. We re- that's part of the machine. Truth bomb time
18: right now. Anyone that was alive in the 90s, famous movie that came out from Disney, Mulan. Okay. In the movie, what <laughs> oh, happens? Man. A woman must become right. She mm-hmm. learns in the beginning. She didn't know how to fight she gets her ass kicked, she can't like, you know, hop the things, whatever, shoot the bow and arrows. But, what do they do? The song, be a man, you must be, you know what I'm saying, you must become in the song, right? And then she learns the skills, she learns how to fight, mm-hmm. she, and she does this all with a masculine frame of reference. That movie did excellent, why? Because she had to become, even a woman had to adhere to masculine traits to be able to get journey. the entertainment value. The that's the why you need journey. men, people. No journey one cares. A story. It's a masculine story Ladies, every single time, even you if you need put us. a woman in the lead. And Mulan is an excellent example of that. When did that movie come out? The fucking 90s. Not, that would never come nowadays, right? Because a woman having to become, what? Ugh! And that's <laughs> now here's the thing. Hollywood is paying the consequence for being woke. You want to be woke? You're going to oh, bro. go broke, because at the end of the day, People know deep down that women just are and men must become. And even if you put a woman into a male role,
1: if you want to get the views and you want to get the entertainment, she still has to become. Oh, my gosh, people. There's so much I want to say about that. But let's not get into the masculine, feminine, men versus women part of this argument. Let's look at it from the bigger picture. Let's look at it from what I was referring to earlier. Did communism fail? you know is socialism dead who, who won World War II <laughs> you know who won the Cold War all those questions from earlier before I go I just want you to think about this has that plan for the world ever slowed down or has it been in place this entire time is all of american history the story of becoming but the story of what becoming the story of world democratic socialism becoming the reality of this world wokism is a communist concept Feminism communist concept or maybe or maybe not communist, socialist, whatever, a left wing, Marxist style, Saul Alinsky style, Hegelian dialectic style of philosophy and thought process and you know method of organizing human beings into some type of common lifestyle. Right. So if you don't think that that's the plan, if, if this clip doesn't further hammer that home for you and cement in your mind that the reason that all of these things have, are being implemented is to make the West fall so that China or some other country can come in and conquer us, which will be one more stepping stone On the way to world democratic socialism. And that word democratic in the middle there, that's temporary because once they reach world socialism, ain't going to be too much democracy anymore after that. (laughs) Not real democracy anywhere anyway. It'll be controlled, (laughs) manipulated, engineered, conditioned democracy. Get it? Am I starting to make sense to you? Am I helping you, my fellow Americans, see the reality of this world? I got one more clip for you. Take a listen to this.
4: 1992, uh, an older friend of my father, who was from St. Louis, asked me to go to this meeting that the Communist Party USA was having at the University of California, Berkeley. And he had studied communism and written books about communism back in the 60s and stuff. And he was curious because if you'll remember back in 1989, the Berlin Wall had come down and everyone was saying communism is dead. It's over. Mr. Then in tear in December, down this wall. The Soviet Union dissolved. And so this is six months later, the summer of 92 and the Communist Party USA is having a meeting. So he asked me to go out to this meeting. He said, Would you go out there and just see what they're talking about? Because we, we won. This thing's over. And so I went to that, and for three days I sat there in breakout sessions and lectures and, and listened to these hardcore communists. And, and one thing shocking about it, too, I thought it'd be college radical since it was at Berkeley. So I dressed like a college radical with some <laughs> radical t <laughs> shirt on. I walk into the auditorium, there's 14 or 1,500, 50, 60, and 70 year olds with briefcases. And I thought, whoa, this is actually serious. It's not just some radicals. And many of those exact people, as I researched them later, ended up being in Obama's cabinet in 2008. And that's what motivated <laughs> me to make the movie, because I realized, wait, well, these are the people that were at this communist meeting with me back, back in 1992. But at that meeting, they laid out this plan, how they wanted to take America down from the inside. They were going to focus all their energies on that now. They'd been focusing on it for a while, but they realized they could never outspend America because capitalism free enterprise is so successful. And they kind of that woke them up. Okay, we got to go to plan B. They, <laughs> they just up. keep building more and more. And of course we had all the years of Reagan where he'd really built the military up, so they realized we we're in trouble here. Um and so that's what they talked about, the mean how they were going to do that from the inside. And I didn't think that much about it, went on with my life. But then again, sixteen years later in two thousand eight from ninety two when I remembered what they had talked about, like one thing. Uh, that is so clear how it had changed they had said back in 92 we're going to use the environmental movement to take down the free enterprise system in America and in 92 that didn't make sense because that was not a big movement it was movement. literally people you know chaining themselves to take trees in Oregon West, yeah. so they can't cut them down I mean it was nothing and so I was like how would you do that but in 2008 an inconvenient truth by Al Gore had come out it was the biggest movement in the world and it still is um, because they realized it's the ultimate vehicle for totalitarian control because ding, ding, ding global problems so it demands global solutions by a global government that's that's the way they look at it so they that's why that issue will never go away no matter how many facts we have no and how many charts we can show them hey it's not going up and if it went up a little bit actually would be good warm warmth is the friend of life cold is the enemy of life all the logical things that they don't um but from that i wrote a letter when i was a representative on that communist meeting in 1992 and it just blew up into a huge thing and one of the men that responded to that and said what Representative Bauer says is true, but it's nothing new. That's not from 1992. It was all written in a book in 1958 and I got to know the man and it was of course the book The Naked Communist and it had the 45 current communist goals as of the 1950s in America and I got that book for the first time in 2008 so 50 years later and I read through the list of goals and as I did, I couldn't believe how specific and how purposeful and how premeditated the collapse of our country had been. It had been people in groups for a hundred years working to take us down from within. And I just I couldn't believe as I read through these things. One of them, Goal Seventeen. This is from fifties America. Get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism. Soften the curriculum. Well, people wonder why do all the kids want socialism today? Because in the fifties they said we got to put socialist ideas. We got to push it. So these kids think. I cool. think it's, it's wonderful. And so because they know ideological all the hearts subversion. No, you have to transition through socialism before you can go to communism you cannot go from a prosperous free enterprise system to communism because the problem is in the prosperous free enterprise system you and all the people own all the stuff mm-hmm. and so they can't it's like how do we get this they have the wealth they have the guns they have the property they have our, we got to transition into socialism where we slowly get control of everything and then it's easy to flip overnight especially if you can disarm them then overnight it's no more mistake or nice guy, you do what we say or you get a bullet in your head. I mean, that's, that's, and that happened over and over again throughout the 20th century. So it's not like some new strategy. That's what they did to most of the countries that fell to communism and a lot of people don't know this. During the 20th century, like 65 or 70 countries that fell, that's how they fell. They did not, the tanks didn't roll in and take them over. They stirred up their radicals, stirred up the college professors to stir up the young people for for freedom, for, for, no, these, it's not a just government because it wasn't a perfect government, whatever country it might have been, like Cuba or something. No, it wasn't a perfect government, but it was pro-American. They had a lot of freedom. They were prosperous, but the people there stirred it up and said no. And so when what happens is the communists do that, then they put up their puppet as the guy that's for the people, and the people usually vote that person into power. And then once they get the levers of control, the the iron fist comes out, and and like Castro did, it started slaughtering by the thousands, anyone who resisted. And Stalin. Yeah, they've been brainwashed. That toxic masculinity yeah. because they knew that's their number one enemy yeah back in the 1930s even the Frankfurt school one of the groups that my movie talks about they talked about that they said we're never going to be able to get these children away from the parents in the families where the father is leading the home they go, We we got to pull him out we got to get him sidetracked on other things sports or whatever and then we got to create enough inflation so the mother has to work whether she wants to or not so we can mm. raise the children they were mm-hmm. writing about that in the 1930s. And America. now you have
5: them on the White House podium saying these are our children. Exactly. These are not your children. No. They're our children. That's right. You um, know, you know coming from the White House. That's know, right. Legitimately like three months ago. Mm-hmm. You know, one, one thing that I always think back to is why, like every now and then you'll see one of these pictures pop up. So this is a picture of like a 17 year old in Vietnam.
17: Mm-hmm.
5: Right. And like knowing that like that was that was that was the normal here. Right, like just this peak male, right? Like, I mean, he's seventeen year old. He's got muscle tone, and he's out fighting a war. You know what I'm saying? Compared to what our seventeen year olds look like now, they're dressing up as fur babies and 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 furries (laughs) and stuff. It's like, how do we get there? Like, and it could, like, and to just you know, for this conversation, it couldn't just be this one way that we got to this place. It's all these different facets on all these different fronts that they've been able to use to get us to exactly where we are right now. And it's not a over-conditioning, right? Like, no. They've been planning this stuff for years.
4: Oh, yeah. for It's been going on in earnest for right at about 100
1: 100- 100 years, people. 100 years. This plan has been going on how many times? Have you heard me say that? My fellow Americans. I've said a lot of things throughout the course of this podcast. And I'm starting to feel like I don't have much more to say. I think that I have done a pretty damn good job throughout the course of these 166, now 67, episodes. Actually, it's 177 because... Reality Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics is a bonus episode that I don't count, except for the first one. So I guess it's 176 episodes that I have done of this podcast. I don't know what more I can provide to you that will help hammer home my always consistent themes and points. And because I feel like I don't have much more to say about these topics, I feel like I've spelled it out. I feel like I've shown you the blueprint. I've shown you the way. I've shown you the light. I've shown you the path that you must take on your quest from ignorance towards knowledge, wisdom, and understanding I don't know what else I have to say so I'm going to stop talking for a little while when will I come back and do this show again I'm not sure but while I'm away I want you guys to go back to episode one January 21st, 2020 was when I recorded and aired my first podcast, and I want you to listen in order from one until this episode again, and if you can find holes in my theories, thinking, philosophies, contentions, talking points, I'd love to hear it. Show me where I have been wrong. I need to know. Because I'm starting to get a little too firm in my beliefs and thoughts. And I can't decide if that's a good or a bad thing. So I'm going to need some debate. I'm going to need some argumentation. So if you got the balls and you have the statistics. To back it up, if you got the evidence to back up your claims and you are capable of proving something I have said on this podcast incorrect, that I have not corrected myself at some point, please email me at AndrewForAmerica1984 at gmail.com. I want to hear it. I want your feedback. I want your criticism. I want your hate. I want your logic. I want your rational thought. I want to be proven wrong. And the reason why is because I think I'm pretty right about a lot of this stuff. And that ain't good for America. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for supporting this show. Uh, Whether you were a down since day one listener uh, from the beginning or if you have just stumbled upon this podcast. I got a lot of good content, people. And I, I want a lot of you to listen, maybe for the first time. And I want those of you that have been listening to go back and re-listen, revisit some of the previous episodes and, and see if you can see yourself, if you can understand where I was going with things what the point was. Why did I bring this thing up? Why did I explain it in the way that I did? Why did I use the clips that I chose to help me support and show and illustrate and display reality and truth as discovered by me, Andrew for America, just a lowly man a white male bartender from Minnesota. Why should anybody listen to me, right? Well, decide for yourself if I'm right or wrong. Um, I, I guess that's it. I love you guys. I don't know when I will be back. But I will not be gone soon. (laughs) I will not be gone very long. I will be back soon, I would imagine. I'm kind of addicted to making podcasts, but I need to take a little break. And I need to go over... uh, Preparations. For 2024. And... My best advice to you, my fellow Americans, is you should probably start doing the same. Thank you for listening. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been a bonus episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Entitled... Reality, Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics, Part 10, It's Coming, A History Lesson. We'll see you next time. And quit. And I've seen people quitting. And if they would have held out longer, they would have been successful. I've seen it so much. I've seen some of the most brilliant people in the world that never made it because they were quitters. You can't quit.